Greetings, I'm Karen Colligan. Welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast. I'm the founder of a leadership organization called PeopleThink, where I created the Keep It Real Leadership Program that equips and elevates emerging and advancing leaders. It's all online, and it can be done anywhere, and it can be done at any time. What I know for sure is all leaders lead differently, and that's the beauty of leadership. It's so important to understand what your unique leadership style is. Now, that word is worth repeating. Unique, because everyone has their own leadership style, which will inform how you're going to help your team and organization move forward. You got to be real and you got to be bold and you got to drive to take action. Because let's face it, people look to their leaders for vision. They look to their leaders for coaching and growth opportunities. And that's why as a leader, you want to be crystal clear about your unique leadership style and competencies. The whole purpose of the Let's Talk Leadership podcast is to speak to a variety of leaders who are in different industries with different titles at different levels to better understand their unique way of leading. We're going to ask each leader the same six questions so we can provide you with a diverse way of looking at leadership. We want you to find those treasures that will help you be the best leader only you can be. So let's get moving and talk to our next leadership guest. In this episode, I am thrilled to be speaking to Renee Fink, who is the CEO of Clear Path Workforce Management. We're going to hear all about Renee's approach to leadership. So Renee, welcome, and thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Karen. It's an honor to be with you on this podcast. Great. Good, good, good. So Renee, before we get into our leadership conversation, what I'd love to hear is a little bit more about you. And if you can give us a snapshot of Clear Path Workforce Management, what do you guys do? Tell us a little bit about it. And you, of course. Clear Path Workforce Management partners with our clients to provide employer of record services. So the client can find a worker in any 50 of the states or in Canada, and we become the employer of record. So they eliminate all the administrative burden of being that employer. We also help our clients define if they have a 1099 that is truly a business or a misclassified worker. There's a huge exposure if you're paying true employees as independent contractors. It's been a great service where we really truly partner with our clients and that's part of the leadership that we have throughout our company is we're partners, we're not just a vendor to them. Yeah, and I would think, um, Renee, as you're talking about this and you're telling us a little bit, I mean, just think about the 1099, the misclassification and what that can do for a business and how important the partners are because it's all about a relationship. They, they have to trust you. I mean, you've got 50 states in Canada. I mean, that's a lot of information you guys have to have in order to do the right 
thing and and be able to educate and partner with the companies you're working with. That that's fascinating. Yes, and all 50 states have different rules too, like different sick pay. Now there's harassment training that's mandatory. So we track all of that for them in all 50 states. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Okay. So that's 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 crazy interesting. And so Renee, tell me a little bit and tell us a little bit about you. Well, I've been with the company for 28 years this month. Congratulations. And yes, it's been a very interesting. There have been four different ownerships, and we did a management buyout of the company about 11 years ago. And prior to that, I was a financial consultant and worked in the disk drive industry. So I've got a long history of leadership and working. Yeah, and now you're the CEO. So, um, my, 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 how things change as we mature in our career. So true. So, so true. true. Thank you, Renee. All righty. So first things first. Renee, what I know as I have been doing these podcasts and since I really have been working in the leadership field for so long is that everybody has a different definition of leadership. Mm -hmm. And we all say the word leadership, leadership, and, and sometimes our definitions don't map together. And so I'm really trying to understand where people come from in terms of that definition. So can you tell us, how do you define leadership? Well, I might define leadership a little bit different than some of your other guests, because I'm not only leading ClearPath, but I'm the majority shareholder. So I constantly have to evaluate my actions by looking at the long-term success of the business as well as doing right for the employees. But if I had to sum it up and give you a simple definition of leadership, I would say leadership to me is being a role model. And being a role model to me means I'm able to do and appreciate everyone's jobs as well as I don't expect them to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. When you're a strong role model, people will follow you. In addition, being a role model is to treat each other with respect, which the employees see and mirror. Some C-level executives and owners make their own rules, which are more advantageous to themselves, and they don't manage their employees by the same rules. My business partner and I, usually we put our employees ahead of ourselves, and that's just not typical in corporate America, but that's what it means to being a leader for us. As I mentioned earlier, I was um, an employee of the company for 17 years before we did the management buyout about 11 years ago. And we had other owners and leaders that led the company to the brink of financial ruin. And as a leader, we had to come up with best solutions to keep the business afloat yet treat employees fairly. Yeah. And unfortunately, the business downturn happened a few times over those 28 years. We were always able to minimize our layoffs and retain the employees we needed. We did this by being honest and transparent with the employees when we could. And the employees that stayed truly appreciated this and it helped us to build loyalty towards the company and us as leaders. Yes, yes, yes. And when you say um, for you, you know, the definition is really kind of simple. You role model. Um, you don't ask your employees to do anything, Renee, that you and your business partner wouldn't do, and that you respect the expertise that your team has, and it sounds like you allow them to do their work 
in their functional expertise that they have. And, and that's that's pretty amazing. And yeah, I mean, if you have a business for 28 years, you're going to ride the ups and downs of the financial world and what's going on that we have no control over. Absolutely. So, yeah, it makes perfectly good sense. And that whole thing about being honest and transparent with your employees, you know, if you go back to that role model perspective, if people and your employees are watching you and knowing that you're telling them the truth, well, then that allows them to tell the truth. And that allows them with your uh, partner, I mean, with your customers also to be able to tell the truth. So I love that whole idea of role modeling and respect. Nice. Alrighty then. Um, so, so then we get into the values. And, and I think these two questions really are hand in hand. Of course, I've separated them because I think it's really important to understand a leader's values. So, so kind of what is that North Star? I mean, how do you navigate and make your decisions? So I like to try and get it down to three. So do you have three values that you would be willing to share with us and tell us a little bit about what they mean to you? Definitely. So the first value, which I already touched on, is respect. Mm -hmm. This is one of ClearPath's core values. Treat every person with high and special regard. And this includes coworkers and everyone we come in contact with during the course of our business. We have a diverse team and it's of utmost importance that they all respect each other. We call ourselves a family and like all families, we sometimes have conflict as we also have a diverse team of personalities. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can have disagreements and not always see things the same way. We do try and talk it out with each person so they feel respected and heard. The second value is team. Clear Path would not be the company we are without the value of team. One of the most important lessons I learned about this value was when I was a financial consultant. A company hired the firm I was consulting with at a very expensive rate, by the way, to solve a problem they had. All I did to solve their problem was to gather their employees and ask them what they thought the solution was. Mm. I wrote up the report and the client implemented their own employees' recommendations. They could have saved a ton of money if they just listened to their own employees. So we view our employees, our team, as the largest asset we have. They're not a number on an income statement to be cut when times get tough, but a value to add to and care for so that we have a strong company for the long term. Yeah, and you know, as you're saying that, how many times have we all heard, people are our best asset? And there's times you hear it and you're like, liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> You know, it's just really hard for me to go, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that's true. Uh, and it sounds <laughs> like maybe ClearPath has actually done that. So, I mean, that that's really important. And as you said before, it's about being honest and transparent. And that goes back to the respect and obviously the teamwork. That, that's, yeah, thank you for that, Renee. Right. Renee. And then what's your number three? The third value is innovation. This too is one of ClearPath's core values. Always look for better ways of doing something, be open to feedback and welcome change. If we don't have innovation as a value to keep improving the business and moving it forward, then we won't have a business that can last into the future. Over the years, we've improved how we've done the tactical delivery of our services, allowing our team to be more efficient and spend more time with our clients and our contract employees. So innovation is really key. 
Yeah, and so I have to, I'm sorry, I have to laugh about welcome change. You know, that's a really hard value to embrace because so often, you know, oh, we've always done it this way. And, oh, this is the easiest way to do it because I know how to do it this way. Oh, maybe I'm going to stop listening to this person because this is the way I like to do it. And so to know that you're asking your team to welcome this change and to be able to really think about this is how we're going to innovate so we can have a future gives people some freedom not to be afraid, Renee, not to be afraid. Yeah. And change scares people. Definitely. All righty. Thank you. So, you know, it's no surprise that right now in the world, uh, we're really going through enormous transition and change. And, you know, you just think about the world, the global pandemic, you think about the social awakening, and you think about what those economic implications of those two together are doing to the world, to the country, to our businesses, to individuals, to families. So we just touched on it a little bit, but how do you lead through transition and change? So you're saying to your team, team, I want you to welcome this change now I want to ask you, how do you lead through it? How do you how do you get them on board? Well, it's interesting because ClearPath has been very fortunate during this transition over the past year. And in 2019, due to the California wildfires, PG&E threatened to cut off our power with very little notice. So we went into action then, and there was no way we were not going to make a payroll for hundreds of employees because we didn't have power. It just wasn't an option. So we worked for months and we made our team self-sufficient with our technology based in the cloud. Mm. So by the time COVID hit, we already had transitioned the team to work remotely with the exception of one group, which ironically was set to test the environment on March 16, 2020, oh. the day everything shut down for COVID. Oh, I left that shelter in place. <laughs> their laptops were set up in the conference room ready for testing and we said, nope. Pack up those laptops, you're going home to work, and then they haven't been back to the office since. Wow. As a leader at that time, though, I felt I needed to be strong and reassuring. Mm. But at the beginning of COVID pandemic, it was so scary for all of us. There was so many unknowns and unanswered questions. Did we still have a business? Were our clients going to terminate their workers? How long would this last? Would the teams be able to function as well virtually as they did in person? But as the weeks rolled on, the questions began to get answered, and we found that this new environment forced us to become even more innovative Mm. and efficient. For example, that last team to do the transition used a lot of paper in their process for their job tasks. Suddenly, they not only had to work from home, but they had to figure out how to do this efficiently electronically. They worked as a team, and they came up with new methods that actually made them more productive. And back in 2019, when we decided to move everything offline, we chose Zoom, not only because of their video conferencing capabilities, but their chat phone system as well. So with simplicity of that phone call going from a video conference or a screen share with a mouse click, it was very seamless. And our teams were able to communicate and teach each other more efficiently. So that really helped with that change in that transition. Yeah. And so you did say that it was really important for you, Renee, to be strong and to be reassuring to this team that, yes, we can do it. Yes, we will do it. How was that for you? 
Well, the first three weeks or so, I've got to tell you, I was like almost behind the scene because I didn't have those answers and I'm like a control freak. So I wanted to know. But then once I said, okay, let's take a deep breath, step back. The clients didn't fall off. Overall, we lost about 9% of revenue. But ironically, the clients that fell off were the lower paid. So our average dollar actually went up and we had more profit than we did the prior year, which is, just blows our mind. But we paid off a, a big um, liability too. So that helped. So it was once I knew that was solid, I could talk with assurance that we're going to make it through this. You know, it's tough. You've got to get used to new systems. And I have great leaders, too, that lead the teams, like our chief operating officer. She was really incredible with the teams and helping them almost step by step, saying, OK, take a deep breath. Let's go through and let's try this. And then the teams got together on Zoom and worked together with how to do certain methodologies that were completely new and completely foreign to some of the departments. Others have been online and remote for a year. Some we hired remote just from the beginning of their new hire. So there wasn't a transition there. So it takes a lot of handholding and patience and reassurance on all levels, not just at my level. Yeah, isn't that the truth? And that's, you know, something that you just said in terms of, so you had to be strong, but then you have your next layer of leaders who had to be strong. And they had to, again, we'll go back to what you said in the beginning about role modeling. So you had a role model and you could have been, you know, screaming, pulling out your hair, crying, yelling, jumping up and down in the background. And yet they didn't need to know that. And what they needed to do was see the strength that, that you would bring to the forefront, Renee. So they, in fact, would get that strength and be able to do the same thing for their teams. You know, the second part to that was we got the technology systems, you know, running smoothly, but then we were really concerned about missing that social connection. Mm -hmm. So we created something called Give Me a Break. And it's a half hour gathering with the entire company, anyone that wants to do it and has the time. And we started out weekly, but it was just too often. So we cut it back to biweekly. And this is a time for the entire company to get together and we'd have a volunteer leader for the event. And it could be anything from a fun game or just a topic of discussion. But what it really did was it brought the company together. So we got to know people a little bit better and even cross departments that didn't always interact had now a chance to meet everyone more closely. So I think that really helped. And then what we did for our holiday party, because we had to cancel all of our in-person get-togethers, is we did a survey with the employees of what they wanted. We started weeks in advance, and they all wanted to play games and do Secret Santas. So what we did is we did a online, remote, automatically random Secret Santa gift. You could say what you wanted so everyone could see what gifts you wanted. And then they sent their gifts in. We made these big file box size goodie boxes and we filled it with their secret Santa gifts. We started off with a Visa card so they could DoorDash lunch in. Oh, we got God. them company branded items that we wrapped up in numbers. So as we had a whole agenda for the party and played games with prizes and whatnot. And then of course they opened their secret Santa gifts and then we gave them an Amazon card. We even gave them treats for their four-legged co-workers, their <laughs> pets, including dogs, a cat, a fish, alpacas, and a horse. So it oh, made it a lot of fun and and uh, we laughed a lot. We shared a lot and everyone had a wonderful time, even though it was virtual and not quite as good as in person. 
But when you're faced with adversity, pulling the team together to brainstorm a solution is the best leadership skill you can enact to find a positive way to overcome that challenge. And that's what we did to try and pull everyone together. Wow. I want to I want to go to your secret Santa and I want to go to your party this year. No question. I'll be remote. I'm good with that. I love getting big boxes with numbers on them on what to open. But, you know, again, that goes back to what you said about your third value in terms of innovation. I mean, you know, if if, if, if 2020 taught anybody anything, it's we're going to be in, in transition and you, you, you got to make it up as you go and it's going to be different. It just is what it is. So um, that that is that, that is so, so cool. And give me a break for 30 minutes. Yeah, give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. Oh Are you from New Jersey? Give me a break. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. And they picked that name too. We had a contest. <laughs> what name do you want to call it? <laughs> well, it's perfection. That is for sure. And I highly recommend that people who are listening to this pay attention to what Renee just told us in terms of keeping that team spirit alive because that that is A, innovative, and B, uh, you know, let the team figure it out. That's that's great. That is fabulous. All righty then. So we know that the best leaders are curious and the best leaders are always learning. So what do you do to do that? I mean, we're shelter in place. You know, how many books can you read? You can't go to conferences and begin to build relationships that way. So, so what do you do, Renee? Well, one of my favorite activities is to learn. And I don't think I'll ever stop being a student. So during 2020, with all the free time that opened up, as all my trips were canceled, I put that time into learning. <laughs> one of the <laughs> I completed Jim Quick's Quick Reading Course. Oh. I love his quote. His quote is, leaders are readers. And I wanted oh. to be a faster reader. It, it's wow. a phenomenal course. If you, it yeah. is um, K-W-I-K, Jim Quick. Oh. And so I did read a number of books too. you know, the one thing, high performance habits, the manifesto, motivational manifesto, millionaire success habits. Um, another thing I did was I engaged a high performance coach and we met weekly for 16 weeks. That was wow. a phenomenal learning experience I guess. through Brendan Bouchard's um, coaching program. I'm a member of three Toastmaster clubs, so oh, I can see my community. <laughs> well, I'm chartering one, oh, okay. um, so that's the third one. So that's focusing on communication and leadership skills in their program. And then I participate in a marketing mastermind that has various trainings and events throughout the year, which I I did spend some like one t one section. It was supposed to be a six day in person event, and it ended up being six days virtual, which is a little too much all at once. And I, I think this year they're splitting it up. But you do have breakout rooms, and you you can do some networking, but not a whole lot. But I dedicate about four hours a week to learning because I just think it's so important. Wow! Now that training was it it was supposed to be you said six days did they continue with the agenda of six days did you do full days we did it was really like a a bonus mastermind and that turned out to be a half a day and then it was a two-day event which was two days and then they like a week or so later the next three days was three days and they were they were pretty full days wow wow yeah it was one of the first ones this was back in April 
of 2020. So it was all experimental at that time. Yeah. So, so let me ask you about your four hours a week of learning, uh, Renee, and has that been something that you've kind of embraced? You said you're a student, you'll always be a student. Is that four hours? Like, where did you come up with four hours? How did you, um, wh where does that come from? Because it, it's brilliant, because we have to continue to learn if we're going to continue to innovate, obviously. Right. Well, what I do is I always track my time of where I'm working and what projects and everything. Oh. So a lot of that, um, actually, I spend probably six hours a week just on Toastmasters. But the four hours I think of is just focusing on learning. Um, so it, it's just an average that I've tracked over yeah. the years. Nice. Yeah. Nice. OK, I love that. And, you know, the best leaders are ones who are still continuing to learn and still recognizing that, you know, we may not know everything. So um, four hours a week. Love, 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 love that. Um, OK, so now that's about you. So what do you do? For your team how do you get them to continue to grow and and develop and recognize that that's also a core competency of, of who you are and so stuff runs downhill so my guess is they get it so so what do you do to help them well whenever we have a new hire we offer them the opportunity to join toastmasters at the company's expense you know, Toastmasters is an amazing nonprofit organization that teaches not only communication and leadership skills, but really the value is building confidence. Mm -hmm. And people don't recognize that, but that's really what it comes out. People build their self-worth and their confidence, and it gives them a safe environment to learn how to effectively speak and make the best impact with their words, voice, and body language. Another developmental opportunity we offered this past year was to engage your program, Karen, oh. Keep It Real Leadership. And that was just phenomenal. The results were amazing, and it truly made an immediate difference in how leaders interacted with their teams and other coworkers. If you remember, we started with three people and then saw the results and immediately brought on a couple more people. So that program was so beneficial for both the existing leaders and new leaders. They just had amazing results on that. Cool. Other developmental and growth programs we offer are like specific to department training, such as employment law updates mm -hmm. and human resources trainings. We do skill training, like getting better at Excel. And then we have some internal interdepartmental training on compliance because that's the heart of our business. I even did a book study with the team to encourage them to learn more. So oh, what, what was yeah. the book? What was one of the books? High performance habits. Oh. So I took it and I split it up. I can't remember if it was 14 or 16 weeks. So it'd be bite sized for them. And then we had a weekly Zoom call where we talk about the contents of that week's reading and then just have discussion about it. And it was probably maybe 30 minutes each week, but I think it was almost half the employees took that, maybe 45%. So wow. it was good. Yeah. And if you lead someone through it, they feel like they're not alone and and you catch them up even if they didn't get a chance to read because they have a busy week. And, you know, learning takes in time investment and not all our employees have that time to invest. They'd like to, but not all of them have that with busy families and taking care of parents and whatnot. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. I love the idea of a book club for an organization. And, you know, Renee, as you just indicated, people are busy. People have so many other requirements and obligations on their time. And so 
14 to 16 weeks and taking it in, in bite size allows people to continue to learn. But, you know, there's times that you so want to be able to read that book or participate and you just can't for whatever those circumstances are. So to have something formal like that and yet allow people some freedom to say, okay, it's going to take 14 weeks to read this book. Who cares? What else right. are you going to be doing in those 14 weeks besides all the other things you have to do? But you, what I mean from a learning perspective. So yeah, that's a great, great, great idea. Good. Love it. Okay. So then our last question, and this is all about joy, the joy that, that you get that you bring into the workplace. And so what piece of art or culture or music Brings you joy, Renee, so that when you show up at work virtually these days, people go, oh, okay, yeah, man, she's happy. Oh, yeah, this is good. She's loving what she's she's doing. So, so what, what do you do? What do you do? Well, one of the things I do is every two weeks, my friend and I, we get together and we make greeting cards. And it, they're super simple. It's a kit. So we get that creative juices going. We get to catch up. And we have a lot of fun doing it. And the second part of that joy is when you give someone a handmade card, mm -hmm. they really love it. And so there's that receiving the gratitude from the recipient, too, that brings you joy. You, that, you know, I'll send them like I handmade all the cards for the Christmas boxes, the holiday boxes. Oh, I made yeah. the cards and gave them presents in there. So they all appreciated that. My second passion is hiking. I have an annual pass to Yosemite, and sometimes I'll just sneak away for a day trip to get out and move and get some fresh air. Um, even my virtual background and my computer screen background is my favorite hike in Yosemite, which is Vernal in Nevada Falls. And my hiking buddy and I, we already have plans to hike that later this year. And when I'm not able to go to Yosemite, they have online webcams. So I'll go look at the webcams and the park is just so beautiful. And there's something about that natural beauty that just brings me joy. And I have to connect to it, whether it's virtually on their pictures or physically when I go there. And the third thing that brings me daily joy is watching my dog. And I got a kitten last October. Oh my goodness. Together. They have definitely kept my stay-at-home sanity and always make me smile. The dog will literally run circles around the kitten, and then the kitten will attack the dog as if it was a fierce tiger. And it's just hysterical. I call them BFFs, best furry friends. And I always enjoy that I just, yeah, I just light up when I see them, and they're just uh, – They've made staying at home that much more joyful. Well, that might be why so many more people have been uh, getting dogs and making sure that there's some animals and other life in the house because it does bring people joy. That's wonderful. The hiking, Yosemite, I mean, for a day trip, I mean, people travel the world to get to Yosemite. So the joy, the I can't imagine the smile you must have on your face when you drive in and you're like, oh, I'm here. Um, I'm home. <laughs> yeah, you're home. You're home. Oh, that is fabulous. So, oh, my goodness, Renee. Whew, that was a lot. You gave us a whole lot of stuff. I mean, the ideas that you just brought to this conversation and all the things that you're doing there is, is really remarkable considering that. 
you know, 2020 was a, a different kind of year for us. And so to know that you embrace that in a way that you could innovate, and you could, you know, make some transition and change and give your team um, the tools to be able to do that is, is really amazing. And let's not forget, if, if we're not having fun, I don't know who the heck wants to do anything, right? Exactly. Yes. Got to have a few giggles. So I can't thank you enough, Renee, um, for everything you've just told us. And, and you gave us so many ideas, which is so great. And it, it's always so, you know, when I talk to, to leaders, I'm just so inspired afterwards to think, wow, why did I think of that? So uh, I'm very, very grateful for your wise words, and I'm sure everyone else will be very, very grateful for your wise words. Oh, thank you. Well, it's a team effort, and so our team is fabulous, and we put our heads together and just try and figure it out because we have a common goal. Yes. So being do. a leader is not for the faint of heart. It takes <laughs> and patience. <laughs> That's something that I've worked on over the years. So sometimes I say it's just like being a kindergarten teacher. There ain't no difference. <laughs> exactly. It's very true. Yes, indeed. So to all, thank you for listening. I'm Karen Colligan, and you've been listening to Renee Fink who is the CEO of Clear Path Management. Till the next episode of the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast, have a good one. Music by Poddington Bear, editing by Mary Lee Williams.